C103. And well, we're off to the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket, part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group, where Jane Pickett uh, joins me this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Jane. Good afternoon, Patricia. And you're very welcome. You survived Storm Agnes. Oh, just about, just about. I think it was quite a windy one, wasn't it? Was it yeah, was it pretty wild in Newmarket? Do you know, I was actually abroad and oh, how it really affected me was I was I was trying to fly back into the country last night and I had a big flight delay. So I think uh, oh. like a lot of other people, my travel was disrupted. But hey, ho, we're all safe. And that's yeah, what matters, that's so. it. Yeah. And there was a lot of flights cancelled uh, as well. So you, you were you were lucky to get home. OK, straight mm-hmm. into questions. Hi, question for Jane, please. I've got a big dog. Uh, it's a, He's about 12 years old. Lately, he's whining and he appears to have difficulty when he's getting up. Not all the time, just sometimes. Is there anything I could do without having having to travel to the vets. Firstly, what do you think okay. is going on there? I think if he's if he's whining and particularly around the time where he's struggling, so I suppose to to arise, that's one of the first signs that we see if, if we're a little bit stuff, if I, a stiff and I think that mirrors what we see in humans. I suppose when, when we get a little bit older, sometimes we struggle to move about and rise from, let's say, sitting to standing and standing to sitting. And dogs and cats are actually very much the same. So it's a subtle sign. Your pet may still be able to walk around quite comfortably, but, you know, those joints are under a little bit more stress when they're having to hoik the whole body weight up into a standing position. So it does tend to be one of the first signs that we see. The whining or whinging that you see, it depends on when that's happening, really. Is it, I suppose, is it a sign of pain? Potentially. If it's happening at certain times, then it was never a feature of their personality previously. It could be that they're kind of trying to convey a little bit of a sign of discomfort there. That's a possibility. But, you know, sometimes it can be almost vocalising to get attention. That's a possibility. But a lot of the time, if that's a change in your pet's behaviour and they haven't always been that way, then it's more likely to be underlying pain than just a behavioural feature. Um, Unfortunately, what I'd say without going to your vets is probably a very limited amount you can do. I think from two perspectives, I suppose the first is from the perspective of saying, well, what what is going on? Is it pain? Is it osteoarthritis? Is there something else occurring? Your vet will really need to do a full physical exam to do that um, and to assess that in conjunction with chatting with you about it. But really importantly, it's, it's really important that as well as chatting about these pets, that as vets, we see them to examine them. Because we can pick up a lot more subtle things that might not be obvious at home. But the picture that you give us as an owner of their behaviour or changes in behaviour is a really key part of that as well. So it really is a dialogue. So it is important to go to your vet to get to the bottom of it, particularly if you feel they are stiff, but also so that you have access if your vet feels that it is pain and they do feel that they would benefit from some pain relief, then that you do have access to products that are safe and well tested. So prescription medicines and normally legally they'd only be able to be prescribed to a pet that's been seen quite recently by a vet. Very similar to if we were at the doctors. So I understand that there might be a reluctance, particularly with an older pet or a nervous pet to bring them to the vets. Um, but if you are nervous in advance of that or there's a particular thing that you're nervous about for your pet, then, you know, flag that with the veterinary team ahead of time. So ring to have a discussion about booking an appointment, but let them let them know at that stage what your concerns are. If there's a particular part of the veterinary journey that bothers your pet, for example, if they don't like the anxiety of waiting in the waiting room before they go in to see a consult or, you know, it, there's some aspect of the physical examination that they don't particularly like, let the veterinary team know. And there may well be a workaround for that, whether that's be, let's say, if they don't like the waiting room, waiting in your car um, and being called straight through to the consult room, or if there's some aspect of the veterinary exam that they don't enjoy we might try and distract them at that point with a fun toy or some treats 
So there are ways to try and make it as relaxed as possible for a pet. But the key thing is thinking ahead. If there is something that's really preventing you from attending the vets and concerning you, well, what's that barrier and how can I let my veterinary team know about that ahead of time? And don't be shy about saying these things. We are only delighted in our practice when our when our when our patients, parents advocate for their needs ahead of time. So if there's something that your pet particularly needs or particularly is nervous about, let us know because you know we're not mind readers and we'd really, really love to know so that we can help in any way to Yeah, and the thing is and and, and we've we've seen and heard this from from other listeners. If it is arth- some kind of arthritis, there's really good medication now on the market, isn't there? There are a huge amount of options. And I think the real thing is no pet with osteoarthritis, with creaky joints and a bit of discomfort, none of those should be suffering in silence anymore. You know, that that day is gone. There is a huge amount of medication that can be used effectively and in a targeted way to suit suit and tailor the treatment to your patient. That means that your pet will find the best medication for them in conjunction with their vet and have a lot more comfort and hence have a much better quality of life and be able to go out and maybe do what they once did or to do a bit more than they can do so I, I think particularly in older pets as well one thing that people are concerned about is starting them on medications because obviously you know some medications will have side effects but you know at the time that the medication is prescribed it'll be again it's a dialogue with you to discuss the different potential risks but also the potential benefits for your pet so there is a, a discussion to be had if your pet does kind of fall into the category where they benefit from medication but you know rather than being too afraid of it, as long as you're aware of any monitoring that needs to be done or any risks in discussion with your vet, it really is a great thing to be able to give these pets pain relief and make them so okay. much more comfortable because they, they do suffer very silently. OK, Paul Indon Garvin looking for advice. How do you stop a dog digging up stones and rocks in the garden? I'm currently dog sitting uh, my daughter's five-year-old dog for a week and my garden is destroyed. I did get a ball. It's cut it down a bit, but he's still digging up stones and rocks in the garden. Mm. It is a real challenge. So it sounds like this little pet is potentially a bit stressed, potentially if they're not in their usual environment or that they may just have bundles of energy and really need a lot of mental stimulation. So I think well done on getting a a ball, a toy first to begin with. That sounds like a good step in the right direction. It sounds like it may have reduced the behaviour a little bit, but I think you might need to go a step further. I think you're probably going to need to try and engage with the pet in some active play. So they get not only the stimulation, you know, passively playing with the ball, but, you know, playing fetch if that's appropriate for your pet or their life stage or taking them out for additional walks again, if that's appropriate for your pet, but really trying to engage with them and mentally stimulate them and maybe just maybe one more than one toy so I think one helpful thing is some of the toys that require a little bit of work to use not just a you know pop it in their mouth and give a squeak and then they're done with it so some of the stuffable toys as Kongs or other stuffable toys where you can almost layer them up with different snacks and just make sure that I suppose if you're house sitting or or, or, or dog sitting that you're aware of any food allergies or intolerances that the pet may have before you do that um, so that you can avoid any things that might give them an upset tummy. But generally, you can stuff those toys and sometimes you can even pop them in the freezer to make them an extra challenge for your dog to be able to lick and bite into them. So that's a great enrichment exercise. But I think the key to this will not be telling your telling the dog to stop because that's probably no. not going to work. No, no, it will keep be him busy. Really distracting and keep him busy. Okay. And um, a listener says, hi, my dog has noise phobia, loud cars, fireworks, anything. Now she's on medication, but is there anything else I can do? Relaxation music is good, but it only works for so long. And I'm assuming this is in advance of October's around the corner and we're going to be getting into fireworks going off left, right and centre. And that period of fireworks going going off once upon a time it used to just happen on Halloween but now it has a tendency to happen weeks leading up and can be even weeks after 
Absolutely. It's such a long period of unpredictable noise for these pets. And, you know, it is really scary. I think, you know, we often think of fireworks or bangers as really quite pretty things. But for our pets, they don't know what's happening. And it's really quite a scary thing. It's kind of like having a big thunderstorm, but worse and unexpected. They don't have the run in of the wind and the rain to warn them that it's about to happen. Um, so they really do react to sudden noise and particularly anxious, fearful animals get quite stressed during this period. And it's very upsetting to see as an owner, I think. So it's sounds like this this listener has taken some really active steps already um i think classical music is a great thing to try and kind of mask any sudden changes in noise that's a helpful thing um, or even talk radio can help sometimes it depends on what your pet prefers just trick around with it and see what keeps them calmest but what i would say is if your pet is already at the point where they're on medication for their anxiety during these periods then this is probably a bit more of a complex one than than we can chat about here um i think with with these patients that are let's say for a noise phobia or for anxiety or on medication usually it's a long-term behavioral management and trying to relax them and reduce their stress levels and i think if we're already at the stage where we're on longer term medication for that i really think popping back to your vet to have a, a chat with them because they'll be abreast of well exactly what medication has been prescribed but also maybe just to make them aware so sometimes as vets we prescribe a medication and you know unless that pet comes back to us for some reason and we're told it hasn't worked we're i suppose under the impression happily that things have worked out okay so if you still find this Despite the medication or despite the management that you've discussed with your vet that things are not quite settled, you know, raise that with them. Let them know unless you tell us as vets, we, we won't know. And, you know, there's lots of other tricks we have up our sleeve that we can help out with these things. Okay. But I think this particular case maybe needs very individual management. But okay. best, best of luck. OK, and then a listener who's listening to us overseas uh, says, Pet question, please, for Jane. My healthy 11 year old cat, Ali, is breathing very heavy. It's been going on now for the past couple of weeks. At times, it's like she's struggling for breath and she's also not looking after her coat. I'm very worried oh it's about him sorry Ali's a he very worried about him. Now I am going to the vet later today but I'm wondering could Jane give me a heads up on what I might expect to hear. Okay oh so I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that Ali's not been well and I think well done for taking that step to book into the vet. I'm glad that the appointment is later today because I really think that this pet sounds like it needs to be seen sooner rather than later so that's good that you've got in for today. There's a number of different things that can cause breathing problems um, that could be a problem with the lungs themselves for example um, infection. Uh, inflammation but sometimes in in little cats as they get older sometimes it can be heart issues that result in let's say fluid build up on the lungs or around the lungs there are a number of different causes and your vet will really need to take a thorough history from you to discuss well what's happened around the time this has changed but also to do a really thorough physical exam and they, they may well need to do some tests as well and they'll be the best people to judge that after seeing Ali um, but what I will say is I think the most important thing I know it can be really scary knowing your pet is unwell uh, but you've taken the right step you're booked in with the vet and I think it's just a case of she's going to get the he's going to get the help he needs um, so just Trust your vet, discuss all of your concerns openly and you know, I'm sure you'll come to a conclusion that, you know, we'll get Ali on the right path. But I think you made the right decision getting her into the vet today. OK, and let us know how Ali gets on, uh, please, to that listener. OK, Jane, we leave it there. Thank you for that. Have a lovely week. Me too. Thank uh, we'll, you, Patricia. We'll chat again next uh, Thursday. That is uh, Jane Pickett and Jane is with the Islandwood Veterinary Hospital in Newmarket. They are part of the Mill Street Veterinary Group.